Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Bitches on Comics, the podcast by bitches for bitches. And I'm your host, Essie Fleenor. And I'm Sarah Century. We have a question from our friend Sean that goes, I'm often conflicted about my love of Joker stories and his ability to be an incredible storytelling device and his abusive nature. I was wondering if you could speak to this. Thank you. First off, Sean, thank you for asking such an excellent question. Um, We spend a lot of time thinking about heroes and villains. And I personally spend a lot of time thinking about the abusive and problematic characters that I love. Because I do love some characters who are not good people. So the first thing I think is to contextualize the Joker within his role in the Batman comics. He's meant to be an agent of change. He's the embodiment of chaos and terror. He's in many ways the antithesis of Batman. On top of that, there's literally no consistency about what made the Joker who he is. There are so many different origin stories, and though various writers and readers like to choose one or the other to be their canon or what they think happened, it's just really not possible to know. Some of the origin stories give him a sympathetic background where he's had a relationship to abuse either as he's been abused or he's been through serious violence and trauma of some kind or another. You know, he falls in a vat. Others make him seem like a causeless megalomaniac. There's one I think where he killed his wife and son is like one of the origin stories. So you know what? I hear you. (laughs) And frankly, your conflicted feelings around the Joker make me feel good. I'm glad you feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. But I'm going to speak about something that I think is similar. This will be a similar character from the Marvel Universe. I love Deadpool. I will never not love Deadpool. Sure, it bothers me that men's rights activists love Deadpool and the Joker, but I love Deadpool for different reasons, and I'm hoping this will resonate with you. In a world where heroes are conflicted about the path of righteousness and about the onus of being super-powered, which these are healthy dilemmas for most humans to face. What does it mean to be good? Deadpool doesn't care. He's loud-mouthed, money-obsessed, selfish as hell, and honestly, just a terrible romantic partner and father. But with Deadpool, we understand that part of the reasons all these things are true about DP is that he's not a hero. Not really. The films sort of try to reframe him as such, but if you're aware, he's really an anti-hero. I mean, I guess they don't really reframe him as such, given that he, like, stabs a person through the chest as part of it. But he's he's got nefarious or at least dubious reasons for everything he does. In the comic books, the place where this is probably the starkest is going to be in the Jerry Dugan and Brian Posen run, started in 2012, and includes collected volumes under the titles Dead Presidents and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. What I love about these... Examples as you see Deadpool in a very different context than you do in the films. In these, you know, in Dead Presidents, you really see Deadpool interacting with S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a governmental organization. And then, you know, in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, you see him interacting with two of the other people created through the Weapon X program, which is Captain America and Wolverine. The juxtaposition of this chaotic character with this restrictive institution and with America's ass itself ends up being incredibly important. 
he finds that he's been having these amnesiac moments because someone's been knocking him out and stealing the organs from his body. He also finds that one of his lovers has had his child and was then killed in a concentration camp run by evil scientists who's been trying to create Deadpool X-Men hybrid clones. It's like a lot to process. And then he finds that when Captain America can't be seen doing unsightly things like fighting reanimated presidents at the Lincoln Memorial or killing bad guys, Deadpool can. What I love about Deadpool in part is that he's this tragic clown whose misfortune only adds deeper resonance to his existence as a character. I love that he seems to peek beneath the layers of our society and sort of say, uh, pass. I will not fit into society. I will not care about what you think is important. That he reveals that we can only have epic heroes like Steve Rogers because there are those like Deadpool who are willing to do the dirty work. Deadpool lacks a conscience in some ways. And so for him, it's about money and motivation. And then he begins to trust Captain America. And when Captain America tells him to kill someone, he, he does. Like, why, why wouldn't he? That's what Captain America does. He's, he's the head honcho. It's really interesting in that run when he does do that afterwards, he's having to deal with the aftermath of cleaning up and trying to fix things. And he looks at Director Hill and he says, do you think Black Widow would be in trouble right now? if she'd been given the order? And I think, again, it's this interesting question about like, what is it that Deadpool is doing? And like the Joker, he reveals these deeper truths about our heroes and, and really about the society that we live in. And I think that when, when we think about the Joker, that's, it's a little different, right? Because he's absolutely the enemy of Batman. He's not, you know, someone that Batman tolerates. The There's way not that, an anti-hero as... Yes, no, no, no. There's no redeeming qualities of the Joker. But like Deadpool, I think he does reveal some truths about Batman, about Gotham, and really, honestly, about the United States right here, right now. Mm-hmm. You just have to look at perspective, too, because the reason that we can view Deadpool as being an anti-hero instead of a mass murderer is that we don't know his, the people he's murdering. Whereas with the Joker, we see exactly who he's attacking, and they're usually people that we're good friends with. You know, these are the people mm. we've been reading about. He's attacking Rachel or, you know, Batgirl or any number of people, Jim Gordon, et cetera, et cetera. Those are our favorite characters. Though he and Deadpool have a very similar crime rate <laughs> and they <laughs> both certainly are chaotic and mm. murderous definitely we can view wade as being an anti-hero because we don't know who he's killing and we don't have to see that part and that's the, the interesting thing about the steeple rogers moment is we do see him kill someone yeah. we care about right and that's like that breaking moment mm -hmm. it's this moment of the comic book can no longer hold that for DP. We can't forgive that. Right. He's killed how many people? Yeah. I have no idea. Thousands at least. Tens of thousands, maybe. That doesn't matter until he kills someone we know. Deadpool's backstory, too, is given a lot of sympathy for the things he's gone through. And occasionally they try to do that with the Joker. But honestly, I think that part of what's so interesting about the Joker's commentary and the way that they go, well, his backstory could be this, it could be this, it could be this. The point is that in the end, it doesn't matter what somebody goes through if that is where they end up. If they're ending up killing people, we don't care anymore. <laughs> it's great if you want to try to explain it, but that's kind of to the point where we just, we don't forgive you even if you suffered, even if you did go through terrible things. Because there are people who go through terrible things all the time, 
that don't become mass murderers. And that's a problem with you, you know? You, not society. <laughs> so as much as the Joker does try to reflect society, in a lot of ways, he is what's worse about it. He doesn't get to choose. I feel like there's all of these times where it's like, the Joker's whole motivation. And it's like, well, his motivation is garbage. I hope we all see that, you know? But that doesn't end his potential as a story building character. So we have just the fact, first of all, that there's so many different Jokers in the world. We've seen all kinds of different takes on him. We've seen him ever since like this, you know, 40s. Oh my God, yeah. So in the 40s, he's like a murderer, straight up, kind of a throwaway character. We really don't even think we're going to see him again. He pops back up, you know, again and again. Batman 66, Cesar Romero with his painted mustache and like all of that jazz. Then he comes back as a murderer in the comics. He, you know, has to up the ante, become like killing joke guy all of a sudden. All of that where his pain story takes precedence over what he's actually doing to Barbara Gordon, right? Which is why we have problems with the killing joke. But then he goes on and on and on. The Joker who cuts his face off and pins it back on because he's an edgelord. <laughs> Just continuous it just keeps going batman who laughs we're never gonna see the end of joker stories because we're never gonna see the end of batman stories we need the joker batman needs the joker to have an offset so i can understand why the joker is a compelling character you're totally free to like the joker because when he shows up we all get kind of a thrill because we mm -hmm. are afraid of him the fact that he has this kind of metamorphosizing thing he appears differently so often which is consistent with abusers if you look at the way that the joker shifts and changes and becomes a different person he treats different people differently that's what abusers do. That's yep. how they get away with what they do. Harley Quinn sees him completely differently than Bruce Wayne sees him. And that makes sense. That's how he gets away with all of the stuff that he does. If you're going to look at somebody like the Joker, and this applies to everybody, I have ones that I love. We love Hella. She murders a lot of she people. She murders a ton of people. She does nothing but cause terrible, chaotic situations. And that is something that we should all be looking at and engaging with. And that's good. You know, like it's not great. The Joker's not a good person. Let's not go hang out with the Joker. Let's not have a beer with the Joker. Let's not have tea with the Joker. Let's not even really even say hi to the Joker. He's like, what's up? And we're just like, you know, whatever. Run the other way. Whatever. Like, things are good, dude. <laughs> you know, same old, same old. And Joker's like, really? Well, what's happening with... And it's just like, I just, I'm just kind of in a hurry right now. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jokesy. I don't have time. So he can be a bad guy. You know, I don't think that being excited about a Joker story makes you a bad person <laughs> at all. We can empathize, we can create sympathetic reasonings, and exactly like you said, and I, I love that that's what we don't do with Deadpool, that we can do a little more easily with the Joker, which is so effing what? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares who broke your heart? Who cares if you were abused as a child? Who cares? Yeah, look what you did to Barbara Gordon, bud. Like, exactly. <laughs> we're done. Which goes really well with our other episode where we talked about <laughs> fridging. <laughs> this is all coming full circle. Weird how that comes back up again and again. Yeah. When, you know, I, I, I think we should be uncomfortable with our relationship to the Joker. Yeah. I'm actually really glad that's part of what you, you said, Sean, because... In the end, he's an embodiment of meaningless violence, embodiment of the repetitive cycle of incarceration without rehabilitation, and he's an embodiment of the reality that if our heroes have to kick ass to be cool, someone has to be the ass that's getting kicked. And I think Joker is all of those things.
And he's also a person that violence does nothing against. Batman no. can punch him again and again, and it will never change who he is. He'll just laugh while his teeth are falling out. Yeah, it's definitely the fact of if you're going to have these good evil dichotomies, Joker is definitely on the evil side of that, and it doesn't really leave a lot of room for nuance, but it definitely points to the direction of what is Batman on the other side? What's Batman's dark side? And you see this chaotic person. Batman is pure order, right? Constant control. Always being the best he can be. Working and striving. The Joker is the exact opposite of that. So I don't think it's bad. I think it's great. I think it's good for the Joker to exist. I don't always want to read a Joker story. (laughs) I don't. You know, sometimes I want to take a break from that guy, quite frankly. But I feel the same way about Sabretooth any number of these kind of irredeemable killer characters because there's a lot of them. And that is where we we get to struggle with our own definition of what an anti-hero is too. Because as we just said, Deadpool and Joker's stories are very similar even, like in some ways, as far as how much damage they cause. But we think of Deadpool as being kind of a cool guy. And then we think of the Joker as being a horrible murderer. Yeah. He is that. So we get to have those conversations with ourselves. So I guess if you find it compelling, ask yourself why it's compelling, why you like the Joker, why you want to see him show up in a Batman story. And, you know, your answer is going to be able to be the thing that really dictates, I guess, what your level of comfort is in continuing to read Joker stories. I think it's probably for the best to look at somebody like the Joker and be incredibly uncomfortable and yet still engage with it emotionally. Because even though it is hard... Batman doesn't exist without him. We're never going to stop seeing Joker. We're never going to... That guy's never getting buried. He's always going to be around. He's always going to pop up. And think about your own terrible problems in life that just keep popping up, I guess. And, like, that's your Joker. Absolutely. We hope. Thank you, Sean. (laughs) We appreciate your question. This episode's comic of the week is Xena Warrior Princess. Written by Vita Ayala. Art by Olympia Sweetman. Colors by Rebecca Nalti. Letters by Ariana Marr. Packaged and edited by Nate Cosby. We just found out that Xena was created by Robert Tappert and John Shulian. Two people who did a great service to mankind. Thank you. The new Xena series is the best. It is the return to Xena that we've Uh, all been waiting for. uh, Even people who are fine with how the series ended, everybody wants to move on, do different things. It's 20 years later. Why are we rebooting everything? Even you will find something to love in this comic because not only is the writing stellar, The art is incredible, but also it has all of these callbacks to the old series. So we have Strife and Discord show up even, I think, in the first issue. But it's definitely really early on. Those were the side characters in Xena. They're totally the main players here. Xena and Gabrielle kiss on the mouth. On the mouth with their lips. They sleep in the same bed. In the same bed. They spoon. And Gabrielle is like, Zena, I believe in you. And I'm just like, oh, snap. Can you imagine a love so true? No. I can't. I can't. I have no idea. I have to read Zena. Zena's how I get my love fix. Mm -hmm. I read Zena and I just bawl my little eyes out Mm -hmm. thinking about 
their love and how pure it is. Yeah, maybe just cancel Tinder. Just don't even look at OkCupid anymore. And you don't just need read Xena comics and live in that world. I mean, also listen to Lizzo, and then I think you're done. Yeah, you're done. Xena, Lizzo, perfect pair. You're good. Who yes. needs a partner? This series was ridiculously good. It's so good, and I hope that it just keeps going for a really long time. Yeah. I really appreciated that it was both, like you said, it, a lot of callbacks, but it was also a completely new storyline. Mm-hmm. And and you can tell that the people who are creating this are people who care about Xena yeah. and care about diversifying the world of Xena mm-hmm. and, and putting women who aren't just Xena and Gabrielle in positions of power, in positions of power where they're on the quote-unquote good side or the quote-unquote bad side and making horrible decisions, making great decisions, which, as we know, is part of Greek and Roman mythology. It's part of why we we are so drawn to these pantheons. But then Xena, these, this new comic of Xena really brings that to life in this beautiful, full way. And it is just, the writing is stellar, the art is stellar, the coloring on the art is just, wow, so, so well done. I, there's just nothing... I don't think there's a single bad thing about it. Yeah, pretty much all we can say is, wow, that was really great. You should totally read it. Because even just, I've watched Xena forever. I remember watching it as a teen, people questioning my decisions, (laughs) me not questioning them, then later questioning them, and then remembering, and then going back to it. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. that's just my trajectory. (laughs) Anybody else's trajectory could be totally different. And your trajectory with Xena might be just you pick up this comic and that's what makes you fall in love with Xena. There's the same puns. Mm -hmm. We have puns left and right. We have women in power all over the place, which a lot of the adaptations have forgotten, but that was a huge focus of the TV series. Mm -hmm. We have Gabrielle in her green crop top outfit. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I feel like I just made a boobs. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of boob (laughs) hand motion happening behind the mics. They're just boobs. They're, they look great. Zena's boobs also look great. Everybody looks great. And it reminds me of times whenever I was young and thought, wow, they look great. Yeah. Uh, we were talking earlier, like, I think it was a sexual awakening for each of us in our different parts of our worlds, seeing Zena and Gabrielle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I seeing them. Mm-hmm. Just, like, seeing them. Opening my eyeballs. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Uh, so if any of you know Lucy Lawless, we'd love to have her on the show. Yeah, and have her, have her stop read by. the comics and, you know, understand what she thinks of it. I think she'd like the comics. She's going to love it. If she doesn't already read it, like, I don't mean to hate. I don't know how many comic books she reads a day, you know? She might keep up on it. One of the most important things about Xena was that in the time, it was maybe one of the only things that was even remotely like that. 20 oh, years yeah. later, there's nothing like Xena. Like, no. that's not a a void that's been filled otherwise. Yeah. Normally you can move on from a series, but Xena was such a unique and one-of-a-kind experience. We need other things that are silly at the same time as serious, at the same time as being a saga, you know? We the closest see the- thing I can think of is Winona Herb. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the love the show, think it's amazing, but its fate has been so uneven, you know? And, right. And, yeah, they have started shooting again, hallelujah, amen. Um, but, again, it still doesn't have the solidity that Xena did like you knew there was going to be more Xena mm-hmm. right and so you could you could sink into the series in a way that I, I think you're absolutely right that that isn't happening right now you see all of these different people there's all kinds of different characters that come into it you learn to empathize with a lot of different people's perspectives and Xena has to learn to empathize with those people as well and I think that that's probably one of the biggest strengths of Xena 
Also, just buy this damn comic. We don't know what else to say. You have to buy it. It's really good. Do it right now. Thanks for listening to Bitches on Comics, the podcast that is here to answer your comic book questions and our own. If you'd like to ask us a question, email us at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com. B.T.C.H.E.S.O.N.C.O.M.I.C.S. at gmail.com. Gmail does not like the word bitch, so if you leave the I in, we won't get your email. So make sure you leave the I out. There is no I in bitch. You can find out more about us and this podcast at bitchesoncomics.com. If you like what we do and want us to keep doing it, there are many ways you can show your support, including becoming patrons at patreon.com slash bitchesoncomics. Also, please feel free to rate and review us so that more people can find out about us. We appreciate your support. Sound is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire, who you can follow at churchfiremusic.com. Theme music is by Earth Control Pill, and you can follow her work at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. I'm Sarah Century, and you can find my work at sarahcentury.com. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm S.E. Fleenor, and you can find me at sefleenor.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This is Bitches on Comics, and we're recording in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and other sovereign nations who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Anna Sheridan, New York Times bestselling author of Supernatural Horror, missing for nearly six months now. That's not possible. Is the compass broken? Or did I Given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierce the veil, so to speak. Weak radio signal. 700 meters. Closing fast. There's no place for ghost stories and close encounters in this investigation, or any other. I need you to find me. The Shared Tapes, a serialized horror mystery podcast. Stream the complete series today on Realm and on all podcasting platforms.